An Instagram post gets an unexpected boost. A TikTok catches in the algorithm. Sometimes that's all it takes to launch someone into internet fame. But then what? This Blew Up is a new podcast documentary that reveals how social media stardom is made. It's a different kind of fame that's not always as glamorous as it looks. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Alyssa Bereznak. You can listen to This Blew Up on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. And the Sunday of Week 9 is over. We're going to give out some awards. The Chiefs-Titans overtime game just ended. That was exhilarating, by the way. I don't know why that was so close. Yeah, how, how was that close? I think I saw that the Titans did not have a first down in the second half. <laughs> Their defense is just so good. Malik Willis had negative passing yards in the first, in the second half, and after all the sacks, I think he had negative yards, period. I also yeah. have to tell you, I think I'm going to be single um, by the time this podcast is over because I was playing my girlfriend in fantasy this week, and I had Juju and the Chiefs D, and she had Derrick mm. Henry, and I won oh, on the no. final two sacks. Oh, on that wow. Last drive. Oh, that's brutal. Like, I literally went from down, to, like, one and a half to up half, so I think um, <laughs> but when tough. we hang up, I'll be single again. You didn't anyway. give her any advice on who to start, did you? And like screw her over in that way, right? Did you tell her to start Kadarius Tony? I bet you did. <laughs> yes. No, I wish. Uh, I don't even get. You know, he had, he had Kadarius Tony had a two yard catch for the Chiefs, so he has more receiving yards than he did for the Giants this year. I love this. Twelve yards today, baby. First catch of the game. That fucking. He was on guy. The, the first play of the game, and then like he barely played the rest of the game. Uh, Mahomes threw the ball sixty eight times. That's just you know what they're just getting Chiefs fans used to him. It's just like tantalizing, and then I liked it. I don't even know what yeah. happened to him. Just goes boosh. For what's anyway, coming up? A moose, a moose <laughs> Wet your beak a little bit. <laughs> such a weird term. Kadarius and moose boosh, Tony. Oh, my God. All right. Let's get to the winners of the day. First winner. This is the most obvious one we've had all season. It's everyone who just had Joe Mixon on their team. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Uh, so, uh, obviously, Joe Mixon, Bengals running back. Five touchdowns today. 53 points 
in half PPR scoring. Sheesh. It is the sixth best fantasy performance by a running back in the Super Bowl era. And I'm curious, DK, did you get flashbacks to when Alvin Kamara beat like a bunch of your championship teams on Christmas last year? Oh, absolutely. As, when he started having like four touchdowns, then I was like, oh, shit, I need to look around and see if I'm playing him anywhere. It must suck to be you, DK, because odds are you are playing every player in the league, right? <laughs> in one of your 22 25 leagues. 25 teams. I mean, odds <laughs> are, yes. Yeah, you have to hope that you have Joe Mixon in more leagues than you're playing Joe Mixon, which I, I, get, I don't know if that's fun or not. Is that fun? Yeah. I've told you guys in the past, like, honestly, I... I don't pay attention to like who I'm playing all that much anymore. This is an example. Like this is the only example I'll throw out there is like if a guy like Kamara scores six touchdowns or Mixon scores five, that's when I'm like, oh shit, I should look and see if I'm playing him. Otherwise, well, don't I don't have pay to attention. Look. You can just see which leagues you're down by 60 points. And that's <laughs> yeah. the one where you're playing Joe Mixon. <laughs> right. The the I'm curious if you guys remember. I, I want to go through this list of games where running backs had like 53 or more points. Cause I remember where I was for a lot of these Clinton Portis. Most it depends how you measure. I don't really count the no shame to like Billy Sims for the lines, but like if 1960, AF, it doesn't matter. I don't remember where I was for that one. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Clinton Portis, 2003. Uh, he had 56 points. Jamar, Jamal Charles, 2013. He had 56. Ooh. Kamara Christmas day. Sean Alexander had 54 and a half in 2002. Mm. DK, I don't remember. I don't know what you were doing 20 years ago. Uh, I do remember the dominance of Sean Alexander, but I don't remember that specifically. DK was probably very intoxicated during that game. Yeah, that was like my second year of college. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Martin had 53. I remember it was at an Italian restaurant with a bunch of my, my dad's family for that one. But <laughs> uh, I also just a bunch of other things Joe Mixon did today. So most touchdowns in Bengals history. Obviously, nine just the ninth player ever with five touchdowns in a game. That's crazy. He had four, he had four touchdowns by halftime. He had mm -hmm. more touchdowns in the first half than Joe Mixon had had in the entire season to that point combined. Yes, and he also had forty five PPR fantasy points in the first half. And I know DK hits when I use the halftime stats, but the <laughs> yeah. forty five PPR fantasy points in the first half. No player had had that in a full game this season. Oh, wow. And Joe Mixon did that at halftime. And so now, including everything today, a third of Joe Mixon's fantasy points this season came today. I was telling you guys during the games, like this. So this game for Mixon and Kamara's game last week where he scored three touchdowns is like the physical embodiment of regression, like positive regression. What we talk about for touchdown regression. Can we just like even it out a little bit? I know that like obviously Mixon probably helped a lot of people this week, but like. Is he going to go directly back to scoring zero touchdowns for the next six weeks now? Or what, what are we talking like here? Um, I, I just like don't like the feast or famine thing, but this is exactly what we're talking about when it comes to, you know, positive regression in the touchdown department. We've, we've seen this the last two weeks with Kamara last week, Mixon today. It's a question of like how you like your fantasy players to score points. It's almost like <laughs> a, a cheat day for somebody who eats really healthy and like you just have one <laughs> or you just one Sunday where you eat like in and out and Taco pizza Bell. and Taco Bell all day. <laughs> The thing about Mixon today is it's nice because you you guaranteed a win. Like, if you had Mixon today, right. you won. But if you spread the 53 out over a few games and he has, like, 20 for three straight games, you could still lose that week. So I kind of like the 50-point guarantee a win. It, I, I'd take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a perfect analogy, Craig. Also, if, if you or anyone in your league had Joe Mixon and you lost or anyone lost to Joe Mixon, can you just email us a screenshot of that to ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com?
He's but, now the, the running back four on the season, which is crazy because he he has 152 points in the season, and like you said, a third of them came today. Does this does this game change your opinion on Joe Mixon rest of season? Where is he for you guys? Yes mm. and no, because it, I think it changes the perception of him because the perception was he was disappointing. But this is why we said to trade for Joe Mixon, and I know a lot of people who did were mad at us because he wasn't. Him a but like this was the yeah. idea. The, the the point again. This was the entire reason we wanted people to trade for Joe Mixon. And the reason it made sense was very simple. Joe Mixon has the most snaps in at the goal line of any like any player or any running back, rather. And he had like two touchdowns of the season. So that's uh, like, uh, I mean, when you're Joe Mixon, you're going to get more touchdowns. We just didn't think that all come in one game. But right. yeah, this is exactly how good he is. Every week, he's 55 points. It's So last <laughs> week, he had... 12 points in PPR this week, 55. Like, I think you're going to get still highs and lows, but at, because of the volume, at least his floor is really solid. This isn't like a situation where, I don't know if you guys remember this a couple of years ago, it was like Tyler Lockett had like 50 points in one game and then oh, he would yeah. have like two or three points in like the next game. And it was just like, I want off this roller coaster. I don't want to ride this ride. But like with Mixon, he has enough floor that it's not like you're going to be worried about starting him. You know what I mean? You're still going to start him every week. On this, yeah, please, please do email us if anyone actually ended up losing with Joe Mixon. Please email us on <laughs> your fantasyfootballgmail.com. But speaking of winning games and teams being better, Bears didn't win today, but they almost won. And Justin Fields was incredible. Oh, my gosh. Craig, I'm more excited for this Chicago Navy midshipman update than I've ever been. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at, I'm at a, a bit of an impasse here because do we promote Justin Fields and the Bears, you know, away from the Navy midshipman name? Because the Bears are putting up points now. They're kind of electric. However, I mean, Justin Fields threw for 123 yards today and Navy threw for like 85. So it, it's still kind of <laughs> close. However, Justin Fields went nuclear Three touchdowns passing, like we said, only 120 yards passing. Ran for 178 yards on the ground, plus a touchdown, 42 fantasy points on the day. Uh, it is the most rushing yards by a quarterback ever. In the regular season. Also the most first downs uh, by a quarterback ever rushing the ball. So uh, Fields is felt like a flash in the pan for a couple weeks there. He's now put it together for kind of four straight weeks. He's been the number one quarterback in fantasy the last four weeks of the season. You guys, I don't think I don't think this is the Navy midshipman anymore. I can't disrespect them. Well, he's not just he's literally I don't want to gloss over that. He's literally the number one player in fantasy football for the last four weeks. Like yeah. total points per game, whatever you want to do. Also, in those four weeks, the leading rushers in the NFL at period leading rushers are Travis Etienne, Derrick Henry and Justin Fields. Wow. That's pretty crazy, man. <laughs> I think so. Again, I, you know, go back to halfway through the season, or I don't know how long it was like six, five, six weeks through the season. It was really looking bad for Fields. Like it, there was a, I, I have been like a strong Fields guy throughout his career, throughout his short career. And even I was like, okay, he does not do anything well. Like he just looks completely lost. He holds on the ball. He takes way too many sacks. He refuses to run the ball. They don't design any runs for him. Like there's just nothing good about how he's playing. It was like he was legitimately by far the worst quarterback in the NFL. Whether it was like through four or five weeks, I can't remember. I was telling you guys, I picked him up in a Superflex league off the wire. Like that's how bad he had been early in the season. Um, and so, again, like I think the turning point was the fact that they started having him run. And I, I know that this is like simplifying it a little bit, but to me, like the running thing is a lot like 
just getting a guy in rhythm as a shooter, giving him some free throws, maybe a couple layups, a dunk here and there, get the confidence going, get the juices flowing, get in the flow of the game. I see it very similarly. And I remember, you know, not to compare everything to Russell Wilson, but like at Russell Wilson halfway through his rookie season looked like he was not doing all that hot. And then all of a sudden they started to run in with read option and he looked like he had the most incredible second half of the year because he just all of a sudden his confidence was through the roof. And the, and the team's confidence around him was through the roof. So I'm kind of like rambling on about it right now. But like, it's so fun to see him, you know, gain his confidence. And that's transferred to all parts of his game, I think. Momentum. This is one of the most timeless arguments in sports. <laughs> Does momentum exist? I don't know about well, momentum, but confidence, I, like 100% confidence matters. It's similar. Yeah. Without getting into the entire momentum thing, because it's one of those annoying things where I well, think they people lost. use it. People are refer- <laughs> they, they, well, they, but they almost won, and the Dolphins look incredible, yeah. and that's the point. Is like the Bears' offense kind of kept pace with the Dolphins' offense. Yeah, we'll the Dolphins' offense later, but like the, I think I, honestly, DK, if anything, you were too muted for that because I thought you were going to go on your rant again of like. <laughs> what have coaches been doing with Justin Fields? Yes, Justin Fields was abominable for a lot of his career, but one, this is a reminder to, among other things, we need to go back to the you can't grade drafts for a long time thing. I know even with right. all our urgency to bury Zach Wilson, like the fact that Justin Fields was surrounded with such little talent and they're only now running him like Justin Fields, they weren't running him. They weren't using him as a runner. And I'm not trying to say that Justin Fields hasn't played poorly to this point. However, when they put him in this, it's not that different than Malik Willis with the Titans tonight. Malik Willis is so raw. He like, they do not trust him to throw the ball about as, as much as any quarterback I've ever seen play in the NFL. And yet when you actually have a guy that fast, you use the whole field and you make the defense's job harder, except with Justin Fields, who's a great quarterback. It's like, as DK says, Oh my God, the six foot four guy who runs a four, four, and is built like a much, much like more Jack Dak Prescott is incredible. <laughs> like that yeah. touchdown run he had today looked like he was playing college football. That's a college football highlight. That was insane. I want to play a quick game with you guys. Who would quarterbacks that you would blindly start over Justin Fields? Like, you know, let's just say next week or whatever, ignoring bias and stuff. Josh Allen, right? Yeah. Yep. That's a yes. Jalen Hurts, blindly start yep. over Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, blindly start over Justin Fields. Joe Burrow. Yeah. 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 Kyler Murray. No. That's where it starts to get kind of close. You haven't said, honestly. did you say Mahomes? Oh, no, I didn't say Patrick. Mahomes. Yeah, yeah Mahomes. Blindly start. Okay. Would you start Kyler? I was like, eh. Eh, not blindly. That's where it starts to get pretty close, honestly, right there, is at that Kyler line. I mean, you guys said it, like he's the number one quarterback in the last month. I mean, there's a reason yeah. for that. It's because he runs for a shitload of yards. This is like, it's it's Jalen Hurts all over again from last year. Would you start two over Fields? I think that's close too. I would say I'd probably lean to him yeah. most games. Yeah. But you know yeah. what's funny? So Justin Fields is the QB eight on the season, which is pretty impressive considering how bad he was for the first few weeks. QB eight overall on the season. He's averaging 12 completions a game. Is he going to be the best <laughs> quarterback of all time to average that little of completions? Like I can't, 12 completions a game and this guy's going to be the number one quarterback in fantasy the last four weeks. He has to be over Kyler Murray. Like, like this thing, which is the number one quarterback. The entire argument for Kyler is that he runs a lot and he's going to score. And like the Cardinals offense is supposed to be good. Cardinals offense is like still discombobulated. I guess they played a little bit better today. But then Fields is running way more effectively than Kyler is. So, I mean, I think, I, I guess the big picture here, Josh Allen, Lamar, Jalen Hurts, and Mahomes are like firmly in that like top tier. And I guess Joe Burrow is probably at the bottom of that tier. Justin Fields is right in the mix to be like the sixth quarterback mm-hmm. at like worst. 
Like he's at worst a top 10 guy. Like you kind of probably, if you have fields, you can probably start him any week going forward you want. Yeah. I, I wish I could go back. I, I'd have to scour the tape, but like going back to a couple of years last year when I was talking about fields, like I think he, I think I remember just saying he's going to have the same career arc as uh, Jalen Hurts has. I could see that happening. Basically, year one, raw, not a good passer. Everybody's like, yeah, this guy's electric as a runner, but he can't ever lead a comeback. He's just not a good enough passer, not a volume, blah, 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 like decision-making, all that stuff. That happened after year two. Even though the team improved around him, he improved in a lot of ways as a passer. And then coming into year three, now Jalen Hurts has taken a huge leap as a passer because he's got so much skill around him too. And now he's like looked at, and I think that the Eagles look at him as their foundation like quarterback going forward. I think Justin Fields is probably going to have a very similar career arc in the sense that, you know, going into next year, people are still going to be talking about whether he can throw or not, you know? And I think it's valid. Um, but if they can get some talent around him, they have a ton of cap space, they have a ton of picks, you know, maybe maybe this will be this like a very similar type of thing. But yes, going back to fantasy, um, he gets an incredible amount, an incredible amount of his production from from rushing, period. All right, next award here, TK. Uh, the Sunday Scaries revised. I, I don't know if you guys listened on Friday. I talked about how I was afraid of what the Jets offense was going to do against the Bills defense. I should have been talking about what the Bills offense was going to do against this Jets defense. Props, shouts to the Jets defense, man. They look incredible right now. They're like one of the best defenses in the NFL, period. They are the best defense in the NFL by EPA per player of le- by EPA over the last four weeks. That's like, crazy. Literally number one. Meanwhile, their passing offense is 29th in passing EPA. So Zach yeah. Wilson, I, I I know Jets fans are going to be pissed. Where it's like, what is Zach Wilson started now? Five and one, and it, you know what I mean. And Jets fans are just mad. But like, obviously, when you watch Zach Wilson, it's like not up to par. But the <laughs> defense is incredible. They also bailed out the offense so many times. The first play, did you guys see the first kickoff for this game? It was I've never seen anything like it. The kicker tripped on the tee and basically did like an onside, but it was an accident. Oh, my so the God. Bills got I the ball at like that. their own fifty yard line to start the <laughs> oh, game. Wow. The, and then the Jets defense bails him out and get a pick. Josh Allen, I don't know why he threw it, but like the Jets defense yeah. bails him out, gets a pick. The second half starts. And then uh, what? Zach Wilson threw a pick to open the, the second half. And then the, Jet, the Jets defense just gets another pick right back, gives him back the ball. Mm. And then the Jets go back and score a touchdown. And then like the end of the game, the Jets are at the goal line. And if they score a touchdown, the game's going to be over. They can't punch it in. Bills get the ball back. And you kind of think the Bills are going to drive down. Jets defense, they don't even give up a first down. Like every point the Jets defense was, and the Sauce Gardner's like might make a Pro Bowl as a rookie. Love Sauce Gardner. He's already been, he's already sort of established himself as one of the elite corners in the NFL, like full stop. It's it's incredible. Plus DJ Reed, who I think they signed in the offseason, is a very good player as well. Quentin Williams, who was a top five player from a couple of years ago, is really good too. Um, you know, they got some guys on this defense and they're playing really well, playing really confidently. Um, Obviously, it's like what are they six and three now? Six and two? They're like they're going to the they're playoffs. Six probably. and three. Well, that's speaking of playoffs. Okay, you guys want to know the bizarro world that we're living in? We have to talk about. Well, first of all, if the playoffs happen today, like or next week, all th- the entire AFC East would make the playoffs except the New England Patriots. <laughs> oh, we're in the upside down. That's weird. And, and yeah. once you accept that we're in the upside down, I want to ask you guys: like, how seriously do you take the Jets? As a, like, as a playoff team, not even to make the playoffs. Like with, I don't, it, it does the Zach Wilson kind of negate any confidence you would have in this team to win a game of substance in January. Yes. 
We're getting <laughs> okay. this is way too overblown. The Jets defense is good, but like the Bills lost to the Jags nine to six last year. I mean, stuff happens. All right. The Jets played a good game, they had a good game plan against Josh Allen. I am going to put a lot of money on whoever the Jets are playing week one of the playoffs. <laughs> Zach Wilson will be one of the worst playoff quarterbacks in a long time. He's not good. I'm sorry to the Jets fans. Maybe he'll develop. Maybe things will change. But I think one of the, what's going to be really hard for Jets fans for the next two years is they have this fantastic defense. They have so much talent around them. Brees Hall. Garrett Wilson is a star. And we we usually sometimes have a category called like the best catch no one saw. Garrett Wilson had that today. He had a one-handed catch in the end zone that was oh out of bounds. Oh my God, yeah. yeah. Which was unbelievable. Yes. Um, but I have, I just have zero faith in Zach Wilson. I wish he was good. I really do. But I, I'm, I'm going to bet against them swiftly in the playoffs. Uh, also, we do have to, we have to mention that the sky cam went down and delayed this game <laughs> for 11 minutes. Dude, I was like watching. I had a bunch of games on earlier, and then all of a sudden, the Jets game turned into like the Dolphins game, and I was like, "What the hell's going on?" The Did guy wrangling the cable got a lot of airtime. <laughs> Good for him. Like, what the hell is? Well, they didn't know here? what to do. It was the, it was like the TV version of Will Ferrell and uh, Talladega. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to do with my hands, and all these TV people. I don't know what to do with my camera. Where they eventually we just abandoned it. They were like, "All right, no sky cam. We're just going to move on." <laughs> Oh, is that right? Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I was like, why don't they just cut it? And then I guess the answer was because there's like a 10% chance they'll just like electrocute a fan. Oh, my <laughs> God. I was like, what's so hard about this? Just cut the thing. I was like, I don't you know. You really can't have that. You can't have. Yeah, you can't. You can't electrocute fans. Can I add a new, another Sunday Scary? Please. Well, yes. We should, we should create a new category. So, you know, we have the rainbow strip. The Turbo Boost Rainbow Strip for Friday, which, you know, it's when your team is playing. Like the Lions, it used to be the Seahawks. When a player is playing a, a shitty defense, we call that the Rainbow Strip. I think we should have the opposite of that. I don't know what we call it. Maybe the Spike Strip? The Banana. No, I the like Mario that. Kart Banana. The Banana. The Mario Kart Banana. <laughs> don't they, like, make a <laughs> noise when they spin out? <laughs> Sorry, Tika, what was that again? You <laughs> Honestly, okay. not bad. I was always that Donkey Kong. Bad. Maybe that's just Donkey Kong that makes that noise. No, but no, I was I always Donkey Kong. The banana kind of caught. When you spin out on the banana, I think it does make <laughs> that sound. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'll do it again. Can you actually you do, do that do a fourth time, please? <laughs> People are going to be pissed. Let's just not. Hey, wait, Craig, who's the banana? Titans defense, especially against running backs, man. Titans defense in general looks fantastic oh my tonight. God. Yeah. It had Mahomes in fits until the last drive when he like turned into Lamar Jackson. But, dude, the Titans are allowing 82 yards rushing per game. First in rush DVOA, first in defensive success rate, giving up, they're giving up the fifth fewest fantasy points to running backs. And like I said, they're allowing a league low 82 rushing yards a game. Here are the running backs they face this year. Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Damian Pierce. Those are four Jesus. of the eight games they've played this year. And they're, they're the best run D in the league. If you have a, a running back going up against Titans, I don't think they're playable. Dude, I think Collinsworth nailed it when Collinsworth was like, every time that Andy Reid calls a run, Mike Vrabel's like, thank God. <laughs> okay, I want to read off some stats here really quick. Isaiah Pacheco, five rushes, five yards. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, four rushes, five yards. Jerick McKinnon, <laughs> three rushes, four yards. That's it. <laughs> wait, 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 and that, then Patrick Mahomes had all the yards Patrick Mahomes had right? 63 yards on mostly scrambles. He threw the ball 68 times. That's a career high. 68 times. Well, speaking, but speaking of the Titans, real quick, I do want to shout out Mike Vrabel. I think Mike Vrabel, for having not won, a, is probably the best coach in the NFL to have not won a Super Bowl. I, 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 he cannot solid. believe He's how these solid. games. I don't know. It's insane how they always play like this. All right, today's rookie mistake award is presented by Snickers. Sometimes you're out of sorts and you make a mistake that could have been avoided if you just had a Snickers today. 
I made the terrible decision. The last minute lineup change. You know, mm. you have your thought and you're like, you know what? You put your time into it and you make a nice, well-reasoned, sound decision. And then like it's 10 minutes before kickoff and you're like, nope, I'm going to change my mind. I'm afraid. I benched Justin Fields for Geno Smith today. Ugh, that uh. was a really big mistake. <laughs> I also at the last second benched Tyler or benched Isaiah Likely and the Ravens for Tyler Higby. That's more brutal. I feel like <laughs> I added Tyler Higby off of waivers because someone cut him and was yeah. like, wow, what a steal. And I just will put him into tight end right now. And uh, he had no catches. So rookie mistake by me. Brutal. Any other rookie mistakes from you guys? I started Kadarius Tony. Uh, my eyes were bigger than my stomach. <laughs> rookie mistake by me. You know, maybe I was a little bit fantasy hangry. Maybe I needed a Snickers and I would have come to my senses and not start a player who has played like three games in his career and is on a brand new team. So rookie mistake by me. He played seven snaps tonight, Craig. <laughs> Sorry to say. Got the first catch. Got like though. three targets, though. <laughs> Rookie yeah. mistake, maybe you just need a Snickers. Snickers, the official chocolate bar sponsor of the NFL. Check out snickers.com slash rookie mistake. It's time for the bad trip award for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. <laughs> Everyone's making the ayahuasca jokes. You know, Aaron Rodgers stats since he's taken ayahuasca, blah, blah, blah. Well, no, no, no. He took the ayahuasca. He admitted it this year. He said he took it two years ago, and then he won the two MVPs. In a row. Right, but it was like since he admitted it. But yes, um, <laughs> I'm kind of, I, I'm really enjoying this, guys. I really am. They've lost five in a row. They, they, we just were talking about the turbo strip, the, the Mario Kart turbo strip. They played the Lions today. The Lions right. are giving up 32 points per game. They're the worst defense in the NFL. They've never allowed less than 24 points in a game this season. And the That's Packers crazy. and Aaron Rodgers, the back-to-back -back MVP, they scored nine points. Ugh. He threw three picks in the red zone, two of them in the first half, like on back-to-back -back drives to open up the game. The Lions- Well, they weren't even in the red zone. They were like all in the end zone. They're like, really. yeah, two-yard liner. <laughs> the Lions had two picks all season. They had three today against Rodgers. I'm sure you guys saw Lil Wayne voicing his opinion. Yeah. Should have gotten rid of him. Shouldn't gotten rid of this guy. Should have gotten season. rid of him. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of love it though. This is hilarious. They've lost five in a row. Those are the Lions. This is also funny, and it's a good time to bring up like all the reports that came out this morning or last night. That was yeah. like, oh yeah, the Packers really tried hard to trade for all these guys: Chase Claypool, Darren Waller. DJ that's like Moore. me saying, I, I like that's like me being like, well, I could have made, I could have played D one basketball, but my coach hated me. <laughs> coach would put me in. Could have uh, played state if it wouldn't been for my knee. Yeah, it's like the Packers, the Packers like hypothetical team. Is is an all timer? <laughs> we should build the Packers hypothetical <laughs> team. It's Jerry all the people Judy they tried to get Darren um, Waller. Also, Darren Waller. They're like, we could have traded for Darren Waller, who was out for the Raiders today. I didn't play for them either. But I, I have two takes about this game. One is a take, and then I have like a mega take. But okay. I want to start. I, well, I love that phrase, mega take. <laughs> I have a mega take for today. I actually think Aaron Rodgers played pretty well. What? <laughs> I rewatched this game because I was so fascinated by this game. And I actually rewatched because the, the the slate, there were only two games on in the late slate. And I actually, I because it's you just usually like so scrambled. Yeah, I just had time. <laughs> and I just like put it, I just rewatched this game. Yeah. And one, this will not get talked about enough, but Romeo Dobbs, 
I think he got hurt on like the first play. Yeah, it was his first like he hurt his ankle, certainly. and yeah. he's on crutches after the game. Aaron Jones is in a walking boot after the game with an ankle injury. Christian Watson, who had a concussion last week, was checked out for another concussion today. So like yeah. that's their three best ca pass catchers after Alan Lazard. Period. Aaron Jones, Dobbs, and Christian Watson. The only receivers left are Alan Lazard, who was banged up, and mm -hmm. then you've got Sammy Watkins and like Samari Toure, and then Amari Rogers, who's literally just a special teamers that Rogers kind of hates. Like Aaron Rodgers kind of hates Amari. Sammy yeah. Watkins had one catch and five targets. The other, like, he ran the wrong route in the end zone twice, and the other two were drops. Sammy Watkins was fucking yeah, he abominable had a rough, he had a rough in game. this game. And like, meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers, I just have to give like I'm like, no one's gonna give Rodgers in the world credit. Everyone saw the game, everyone knows he played poorly. The first pick was tipped. Whatever. It happens. The second one was bad, but he converted today a third and 10. He converted a third and 18, a third and 17, a fourth and two, and a fourth and three that was like overturned on a replay. And no one watching it live even thought it was incomplete because it was so close. So he had, a, he basically had like three bad throws in this game. I feel like the Packers are exactly as bad as we all think. Rogers is fine. This is everyone around him's fault. Maybe. And like, okay. Uh, Let's entertain your take for this week. Are you talking about for this year, though? Like, he's been fine? Like, I don't think that's true. I don't think he is, like, playing well. And, oh, again, he has this thumb injury. And, like, I do... He has not been playing as well. However, I think this team, it is much more... The pieces around him are messed up. Like, the offensive line is in shambles. I didn't mention this, but, like, David Bakhtiari, who he was aiming for in one of these right. picks, his left tackle... Right. Also was banged up in this game. He also lost John Runyon, who's also a piece, a, a pretty important piece of their offensive line. This is a, like Sammy Watkins is like an integral, like basically a starter for this team. That doesn't make any sense. He doesn't know the playbook like this. What it's the dead dove. What did the Packers front office expect? I, I don't know what they were expecting to build with this team. And so I, I feel like it, it seems like a foregone conclusion. Rogers won't be on this team next year, right? I would assume so. Yeah. Um, actually, so look, I don't know if I necessarily agree with your take that Rogers played great, but I do think it is very, very. Let's say he played great. I think he played like I, he, he played wasn't okay. an abomination. Everyone around him was kind of failing him, honestly. This and is I, something that I've been noticing. I feel like all year long, and and maybe I'm just noticing it more because it's really prevalent this season for especially the older quarterbacks. But like, we get too caught up in like how good a quarterback is, like. I, I understand and I agree that the quarterback is the most important position on the player on the field. But like he has to, these guys have to have help. These guys yeah. have to have good players around him, supporting cast, good coaching. Like it, there's so many variables that have to like click at the same time for an NFL team to like even move the ball at all. It's always crazy to me. I, I tweeted this a couple of weeks ago. It's like always crazy to me how sometimes it looks insanely easy. Yeah. for teams to move the football. And then other times it's like, this is literally impossible. There's no way in hell this team is going to like score any points today. Like they just suck. Um, I think it's all, there's so many variables that have to click into place where you have offensive line that's blocking, you have receivers that are making plays for their quarterback. You have, um, you know, coaches drawing up plays that best utilize the, their players' skills. All that stuff has to come together. And even the great quarterbacks, obviously Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back -back MVP, even the great quarterbacks, can look terrible sometimes if their supporting cast sucks. Like we saw it with Brady. We've seen it with Brady. Brady seems like he got like a get right. That last drive is like, maybe this is going to be the thing he really needed to like get out of his funk. Who knows? And the two drives today between Brady's last one and Rogers last one are like the difference in their careers. Really? They're like, you know, at the end of the, even 
when the chips are down, Brady just wins. Rodgers has not done that. So, but anyways, this is something I've been thinking. I feel like every week is, um, I maybe I think overrated how important quarterbacks are, but like you just need guys like to come around and make plays for the quarterbacks too. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's so not like a. It's not like a, you can't just drop a quarterback in and they fix all your problems. Like, look at Justin yeah. Herbert. I mean, he's right. suffering the same thing. I completely agree. But these things are all the same thing, where the Bucks, the Packers, they, like, maximize their rosters to win the Super Bowl the last few years. The Rams did the same thing, and they're kind of paying the bill now for these top-heavy rosters, and the guys had to leave. And now the Brady and, and Rodgers are stuck on these teams that are kind of like husks and shells of, like— Stafford. Yeah, exactly. What used to be, like, really great team. The Rams, it's, it's more like— when people start getting hurt on a top of your roster, it's like, oh, it's almost like this team traded away all their picks. But so here's my mega take. <laughs> Wait, okay. I can. That wasn't your mega take. Got it. No. We're all, I think we're mostly on the same page. It's like Rodgers on a better team would probably be great. Well, yeah. The Jets should trade for Aaron Rodgers in the offseason. Basically, forget the contract. If the, he would only be $15 million in the Jets cap next year. And he's going to be $40 million dead hit cap to the Packers, even if he retires. If Rodgers wants to play, literally every part of the Jets team is better than what the Packers currently have. Like, they could put Elijah Moore in the trade, too. It's, I mean, Garrett Wilson is better than anyone Green Bay has right now. The, I don't know. I feel like if the if Aaron Rodgers is on the Jets right now, the Jets would be like a, a Super Bowl contender. Easily. That'd be fun. Oh, man. Oh, I thought I'd get more play from you guys in this. No, I mean, I I mean it makes yeah, a lot good. of sense. I don't disagree with you. I mean, there's, there's I kind of like, think it might happen, though. I don't know if the Jets, the Jets aren't going to move on from Zach Wilson. I think they're going to be too stubborn. They're going to be too stubborn. God. If they can get Aaron Rodgers, you can sell that. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just don't think, I, it's hard to imagine the Jets doing that. I, I think it would probably be the right well, move for them to do let, that. If but. you're Aaron Rodgers, where do you want to go? If you go to the front office, you're like, I want to get traded. And, they're like, all right, well, you have to find an AFC team because we're not trading you in the conference. Fair. Steelers. You No, you can't do the AFC North because literally oh, everyone in the AFC North is accounted for. The Ravens, the Bengals, Browns, the Steelers, they've all made an investment like extremely recently, massively at a quarterback. The AFC South, Texans and Colts suck too much. The Jaguars are just, no. they just have Lawrence. And then the Titans aren't really in a state that it makes sense, I don't think, for Rodgers. Maybe that you can put them on the list. And then the Broncos, the Chiefs, they can't, they're too committed. The Chargers are too committed. The Raiders aren't good enough, honestly. The Dolphins, the uh, the Jets, I don't think Rodgers want to go to the Patriots. The Bills, they can't do It's really kind of just the Jets, and depending on how you feel, the Titans. Like, if you're Rodgers, who are you looking at in the AFC that you're like, I would play there? The Jets are obviously the best place. <laughs> anyway, we can talk about this. All right. Well, that be interesting. Yeah. How's the ayahuasca in New York? Good? <laughs> Am I correct? I mean, I feel like, yeah, you could probably... Probably get some good stuff there. All yeah. right, you laugh, but find me one single team that makes more sense than for to drop Aaron Rodgers onto than the Jets. There isn't one. I look through Falcons? every team. Wait, you 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 can't trade them to an NFC? No, team. realistically, even the Falcons, like wh Saints. Why? It has to be a mix of like, would the team do it? Would the Packers do it? And would Aaron Rodgers agree to it? Even though he doesn't have a no trade clause, it's well, like what, what would the Jets have to give to the Packers other than Zach Wilson? Like two firsts. I think that two first is the floor, but I don't necessarily know if they would get the Russell Wilson package because of, it depends how long Rodgers is going to commit to play. Like mm -hmm. they gave up two first and two. Rodgers is better than Russ, but Russ was like, I'll play for you for like seven years. Rodgers, if he's playing, but regardless, two first, two seconds gets you it. That seems just like an absurd amount for a 39 year old guy. No, it's uh, so worth it. I Absurd yeah, amount. 
I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying that's not going to be the going rate. I just think it's crazy. But. I honestly, no price is too high in my opinion. If you could get Aaron Rodgers on the Jets for the next two years, I, 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 dude. All right, we can talk about this another time. But I want to throw it out there. <laughs> okay. Or they, they, get they could just rewind the clock and just have undone the Devontae Adams trade. That would have probably worked for them. All right, next award here, Craig. Well, here this one's speaking of me thinking the the price is maybe too high. The, the sad trombone award goes to uh, the the Bucks Rams game, which are both guys that were traded to teams, did really really well for their teams for like a little while. The last two teams to win the Super Bowl, <laughs> yeah, right. So I guess it did work for them. But now Indeed. they're like you said. Now Hyven says they're paying the bill on this. I don't know. I think actually think Brady's been playing pretty well. I do not think Stafford's been playing all that well. Dude, um, you want to hear something fucking insane? Tom Brady is leading the NFL in passing yards. Actually, I don't know that with Mahomes games tonight, but before the Sunday night game, Tom Brady was leading the league in passing yards, which makes no Jeez. sense. Well, I think um, it makes sense in that the no, Bucs have like a historically bad running game, so they have to throw all the time. I think that's the only reason it's happening. No, Mahomes isn't is first right now. Yeah, so he's second, but it's still like, yeah. how, every, it's not like every week Brady's dropping like 375 in garbage time. To me, it still seems like he's like struggling to get to 200. I don't know. I can't believe that. But it's not, it, it's because, well, I think you just are in fantasy. Yeah, I don't know. It's really weird. Um, anyway, we we were texting because there's only two games during the afternoon slate, which is just, why did the NFL do that? Why does the NFL do this? I don't know. Um, but man, that game was depressing. Well, it's because they thought Bucks Rams would be like a de facto primetime, <laughs> really important game. Like True. there's some world where maybe they thought both teams would be undefeated entering that game. And instead it was awful. It was hard to put. Oh, God, it was hard to watch. It was literally hard to watch for most of the game. The last little bit made it fun. I don't know what the hell is going on with Brady's receivers. They keep dropping Dude. balls like at, a, at an insane rate. Even Mike Evans is like dropping the hell out of balls. It's like really annoying to watch. Yeah, like Brady's having to rely on Scotty Miller on the game-winning drive because Mike Evans can't catch a goddamn pass. Scotty, Scotty Miller dropped the freaking game-winner earlier. Oh, yeah. No, Scotty Miller <laughs> dropped the game-winner in the end zone with like 20 seconds left. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, they, these two offenses are just, it's like just the sad sack. I was like the physical embodiment of a sad trombone. Like, wah, 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 Can we wah, also talk wah. about... Today was the essence of sound like effects out of DK right now. <laughs> yeah, DK, wow, <laughs> on point. Sorry, but we have to good. talk about how when the Bucks got the ball down four, Craig texted mm -hmm. the two of uh, in our group chat where he was like, "There's zero chance Brady's pulling this out." Five minutes later, when they score and they win the game, and Craig's like, "Never in doubt, <laughs> the goat." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> goat. <laughs> this is what he's made. I've, for. This is the first time I've ever drafted Tom Brady. I'm so invested in every game, and it's like pulling teeth watching him try to matriculate down the field. He's throwing five yard outs into the ground. Dude, Kate Otten, baby. Get Kate Otten more involved. God. That's the key right here. Did you see uh freaking Godwin? I what are they turning Godwin into? What is this offense turning Godwin into? He had, hold on, I'm trying to pull it up. He had like seven catches for 30 something yards today. This is what the Bucks are now. It's same with the Chargers. They just run every receiver runs like little five yard ends. That's well, it. they can't block and they can't run. This is all these teams have the same problem. The Bucks, the Rams, uh, the Chargers, and to the Rams have like two seventy-yard completions today. Give me one of those. They did, but it's just cup. It's it's just because of Cooper Cup. But they can't block. They can't run the ball. And then when they drop back to pass, they can't protect. And so they they just dink and dunk. But they're not that good at dinking and dunking. It's just Cooper Cup. He's the one who can. This is like I while I was watching the game, I was like. It felt like every five seconds, Godwin was catching a pass. 
like, oh, hell yeah, Godwin, 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 Godwin. And then I looked on my team and I'm like, he has 10 points. How would he fucking, he had like 10 catches, it felt like. He had seven catches for 36 yards. Brady threw it 58 <laughs> times. What's crazier, <laughs> Mahomes throwing it 68 or Brady being 45 years old and almost throwing it 60 times? And he, 58 attempts, 280 yards. Ugh. That's, that's, that's really wild. Dude, anyway, rough. I'm glad he won. Did you see him in the postgame presser? He was like, yeah, that was fun. That was fucking fun or something like that. He said that was fucking awesome is what he that said. That was fucking awesome. I'm like, that was what I feel baby. like that was like, all right, I'm over my divorce. Let's ride. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's ride. <laughs> let's ride. <laughs> you should just take the Russ catchphrase while Russ is on by the week. Just see what happens. Also, Brady oh wears God. like hoodies that like 28 year old YouTubers wear. You notice that? Well, he yeah. has this. No, this is an obsession. Nora figured this out. Uh, and also Austin Gale. Have you been speaking of all the merch stores? The TB12 yeah. merch yeah, it's is awful. <laughs> if you looked at the TB12s, it is so expensive. Unlike Skylar Thompson, does not go to charity. <laughs> Goes right yeah. into Brady's pocket. <laughs> right. Just it's an, al it's an alimony payment. $400 hoodies <laughs> that are just like. That was too much. Plain beige color. And I'm just like, who are you trying to be here, Tom? You want to buy the native whey protein from TB12 for 60 bucks? I'd give it a shot. Oh my god, these Look, man, he's forty five years old. He's still like we just said it. He's still throwing sixty passes in a game. Maybe something maybe he's got things figured out, guys. Romo was very effusive about Brady today. He was saying he hasn't lost a step. If you look, it's all the receivers fault. It's the offensive line. Brady is still at the top at the peak of his game. It's true though. We just ebb and flow. We are so we are just sheep. Like eight months ago, we would have just Anything that Brady did, we were like, we'll never doubt this man ever again. Everyone gets hurt around them, and we're like, man, Brady must suck. It's like, no, I think Brady and Rodgers, sure, maybe they can't throw quite as far as they, they could. But, like, I don't know. I'm just... We've been trying to predict the Brady cliff for, like, literally a the team, 10 years now. Maybe the teams that <laughs> like, collapse around the guys who are incredible uh, is the problem. With that said, the Bucs yeah. are first in the NFC South. Exactly. Speaking of, also speaking yes. of quarterbacks, yes, they're <laughs> winning the division. DK's always shocked by the standings <laughs> in the NFL. DK's never heard a, a team being in first or last place and been like, oh, wow, that makes sense. I think my, I, my memory literally gets like wiped clean every week. It's like brand new week, <laughs> clean slate. I don't know who's winning. I don't know who's in first place. <laughs> speaking of disappointed quarterbacks, though, I'm giving the we're not mad, just disappointed dad award. It's Justin Herbert for the Chargers. Oh, though. God. You just, I have Seems Brady like and Herbert this, this year. Week. You're just killing me. It's miserable. Just, Justin Herbert was outscored this week by Baker Mayfield, and Baker Mayfield entered the second half of the oh, Panthers no. game because they were down by like 40 points to the Bengals. Our boy Phil had a tough game. <laughs> he had a really PJ tough Walker's game. bad. He had negative points in fantasy. Herbert's had one good game since he hurt his ribs in week two, and Craig, I have to ask you, what, like, if you cut Justin Herbert this week, Put aside the fact that, like, whether you should or not, do you think you would actually look back six weeks from now and regret cutting Justin Herbert? Like in a one quarterback league? Yes, in a one quarterback league, if you just released Justin Herbert. Um, I'm not saying you should, but if you did, do you think in two months you would look back and feel dumb about it? I think there's a decent chance. I will say, I don't think the rib is an issue anymore. I obviously have no idea what's going on with Herbert's, like, medical life. I don't actually have any insight on that. However... <laughs> It's been eight weeks. He just had a bye week. He looks fine. Like, it, he doesn't look like he's, like, shielding it or anything like that. The offense is just broken because for all the reasons we said a million times, they literally have no wide receivers. Josh Palmer looked great today. Good for him. They have DeAndre yeah. Carter. Gerald Everett dropped two of the most 
easy, catchable passes I have ever seen. One of them, uh, the, Palmer dropped a pass as well that led to Herbert's pick. He has so little help that what you're watching right now, you have to block it out and, and not let it influence your opinion about Herbert. But the reason why I'd say you should not drop him is because, I, and why I'm not, I mean, I have him and Brady. So I've been getting like water tortured watching these two guys dink and dunk for nine weeks. But Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, I think are going to come back. And like, I think that the week's 13th or 17 when the Chargers are making a playoff run, because what are they, five and three? Like, I, I think there's still a chance for this offense to rebound. Don't ask me. And you gotta just you gotta just fight through it right now. I don't think you can drop Justin Herbert. At what point does expecting Keenan Allen to return go from science to faith? Like yeah, religion? it's like I'm doing like a rain dance. I have no I have no idea. No, you're just like it's a second coming. He's coming back. Keenan Allen. <laughs> He'll fix it. <laughs> on this. the third day. Yeah. I'm betting on a I'm betting on a six five wide receiver coming back from a high ankle sprain and a thirty two year old wide receiver come back from a torn hamstring. <laughs> That really is faith right there. It just right. made it worse during this the This is a new week. religion. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Well, speaking this of This is my least favorite and also favorite time of the show, Craig. Take over. It's time. This is the, the tight ends who outscored Kyle Pitts and one who didn't game. <laughs> I'm going to read you a collection of players this week uh, at the tight end position who outscored Kyle Pitts, and one of them actually did not. I'm not. I'm not lying this time. That one guy did not outscore Kyle Pitts. I will never ever believe you. But okay. Yeah. I will go ahead. You. This is a long list, unfortunately, and I, I, these <laughs> names. I wonder how many people listening know a single name on this list. These people outscored <laughs> Kyle Pitts today. James Mitchell, Luke Farrell, Tegan Quitoriano, Josiah Deguara, Shane Zilstra, Tommy Tremble, Chig Aconquo, Noah Gray. Okay, I'm going to do well on this. Shane Zilster's the Lions tight end who freaking got the touchdown instead of Jamal Williams and Swift. Okay. So he's real. And Tommy Tremble also, I was annoyed. I was yelling at the t channel that Red Zone showed Tommy Tremble's touchdown because they, mm -hmm. they were down 40 points and I was annoyed at that. Shig Aconquo's that tight end, the Titans guy who ran all those yards. Yeah. For, it was so that, better than first play of the game. <laughs> first play Cal of the game. That was good. That was yeah, that was him. Uh, he's a rookie, by the way. He's a rookie. No oh gray had those two catches. Uh Deguara's Luke Farrell, is he like an actor? Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't I don't actually know who Luke Farrell is, so I'm gonna say him. <laughs> he is a real player. He did not outscore <laughs> no. Kyle Pitts, but he is a yeah, real okay. player. Okay. Is he on the uh, Jags? What team is he on? You're right. He is a tight end for the Jags. Okay. Wow. DK. And I mean, he actually caught passes today. Like he, it's he was close. I'll, I'll give you that. He's close to outscoring Kyle Pitts. <laughs> God damn uh, but I will I say for the record, know, we... I only know Shane's. I would have picked Shane Zilstra if I had not been like, who is Shane Zilstra when the Lions threw a touchdown? To uh, the only reason I know that who Shane 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 Zilstra is because apparently him and his brother both got activated to the active roster today for the Lions. I mean, what about T Tegan Kitoriano? Who the hell is that? <laughs> I just knew that because you wouldn't make that up. That would be so bold to so, just make up. Somebody Tegan tweeted this out the, the other day on Thursday because this was a Thursday night game. Somebody was like, when you ask your mom who directed Pulp Fiction, and it was just a picture of Tegan. <laughs> That's Tegan really funny. <laughs> That's um, like when people couldn't pronounce uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, John Travolta, <laughs> yeah. and how he couldn't do Adina Menzel. Yeah. Can I just say for the record, Obviously, we are just like so down bad about the Kyle Pitts season. Like, obviously, we were way too high on him, all that stuff, all those caveats. 
However, Anyone who said to draft Kyle Pitts was too high on him. Yeah. However, yeah, God, that's sad to say. Yes, you literally should not have drafted him ever. Um, he had a probably would have been a 75-yard touchdown, and freaking Mariota just overthrew him. He was like wide open down the field. And and Mari- Mariota threw overthrew it by like 10 yards. So that's fun. I also want to throw out that um, the leading receipt, like in case you think other people are, are taking or drinking his milkshake, the leading receiver on the Falcons, they had um, 27 receiving yards. Mm. That was Kyle Pitts. So he led the team with the one catch of 27 yards. <laughs> he was their leading receiver. So I think that the Falcons are the new <laughs> Navy midshipmen, right? Uh, I think the Falcons have taken the mantle. I think you're right. For, the, mean, first time, for the first time all year. I don't. I, I don't even want to say this. For the first time all year, I was like, okay, I kind of get why they don't throw that much. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm like kind of walking back my like rants because like God, Mariota, man, like he was just missing guys like so bad, and I'm like, okay, I kind of get it, but like maybe play someone else. <laughs> uh, I lo- <laughs> DK finally being like, all right, this Falcon. I, was like, I, I tried to have a little division. bit of empathy for what they're doing and. Yeah, Mariota, 12 out of 23. I don't know. Maybe I was just like, I tuned in at the exact wrong minutes or moments when Mariota like way over through pits for what would have been a giant touchdown. Or there's a couple other plays where he missed guys, but I was just like, ugh, this passing game is gross. Also, the ending of this game, I don't know if you guys saw, but where Austin Eckler, like it was, the, the, these are the two cursed franchises, the Chargers, the Falcons, the one that blow games. And like, it was the most blow game, like Austin Eckler runs and the Falcons, and then he fumbles, and the Falcons pick it up and the Falcons fumble back. That was the most Falcons-y moment of all time was the guy was running and he didn't, no one touched him. He just literally just dropped the ball. These like, are the same teams. <laughs> the Falcons and the Chargers are the same team. They, they have different yeah. offenses, but they are the same vibe. Spiritually. You know, there's, there's like, you know, ancient cultures have these mythical stories like the sun and the moon would argue over who got to illuminate the world and then they decided to split. And it was like the universe couldn't decide whether the Chargers or the Falcons would blow this game. And they're like, they both will on the same play. Brandon Staley might be Arthur Smith's son, for all I know. Oh, my God. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily Yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Craig, next award here. Cooper Cup Award. Player you wish you had more in fantasy. Tyreek Hill. Every week I say this. Waddle too. You can toss him in. The Dolphins are just... Just intoxicating. I I can't. There. If I could pick any <laughs> offense to watch in the league, it is the Dolphins. It is fascinating to watch Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle get open by twenty yards every single play, and Tua underthrows them, but they still catch it. This year, Tyree Kill has played nine games. He has one thousand one hundred and four yards receiving through nine games. 
His current stat line right now, halfway through the season, would have been the wide receiver 27 last year total, where he is Jesus. right now. I, I think about I think back to at the start of the season, you know, wide receivers changing teams, it's dicey. Historically, it doesn't go super well. Tua, we kind of had no idea what to expect. If somebody would have told you, hey, Tyreek Hill's gonna have eleven hundred yards this year with Tua, you'd be like, All right, I'll take him in like the what, third or fourth round, maybe? And he's done that through nine games. Him and Waddle are the wide receiver three and wide receiver 10 right now. And I, Tyree kills the best wide receiver pick in the draft. It's not close. No, it's not close. And also, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure, I think Tyree Kill just has the most receiving yards through nine games, like period. And it also, it's also like yards per route run, which is probably a better stat indicative of where players are like, actually how much they're winning every time they try. It's basically the best receiving stat we have. Tyreek Hill is like easily having the best season ever by yards per route run, at least like in the 15 years. Ben Solak wrote a great piece for the ringer this week. Like yards per route run, Tyreek Hill is number one. It's the best mark on record. Jalen Waddle is third this season. Like literally they're both Jeez. top three in yards per route run. That's never happened. Nothing like that has ever happened. And then Tyreek Hill yardage wise, he's just ahead of where Calvin Johnson was. When Calvin Johnson had the 1900 yards last year, he's, he's just ahead of him. He's very close to be, being a pr projections wise. He's on pace to beat the, the yards record. And he's also extremely close on breaking the catch record too. Well, and again, again, <laughs> I keep saying this, but if you just take out week three, which is like the heat, the game where the bills players were killing over from heat and the dolphins ran like 35 plays. And then week five, when uh two was out and uh, Teddy Bridgewater got hurt after one throw. And those are oh, Tyree kills only bad games. Take those out as flukes. He's averaging 146 receiving yards per game. And the craziest part of this is it's it's this really is probably the best usage of any receivers ever. I mean, you maybe go back to Jerry Rice. You read the Ben Solik piece in the ring. It was great. But also he actually could get like assuming obviously he might get worse over the second half. He could also get better because he only has three touchdowns. I was going to say, doesn't he, isn't he like due for more touchdowns? That's the thing on, because yeah. the Dolphins don't have, actually have that many plays inside the 10 because they're scoring from so far out. Yeah. The Tyree kill, even if he does a few yards, he might score more. So yeah, no Tyree kill easily like league winning wide receiver this year. And Jalen Waddle was right. there. Tyree kills gone over 140 yards five times this year. Jesus. Every it's week. It's control. funny because like when this trade happened in the dynasty world in particular, like, both Waddle and Tyreek like saw their value drop pretty bad. Like they're like, oh, there's there's not going to be enough to go around for these two. Like Tyreek going from Patrick Mahomes to Tua, like blah blah blah. It's like terrible, obviously. And now they're like both top ten. They're <laughs> like shake and bake. They're like Ricky Bobby it's and Cal Naughton. Sick. But yeah. this is what happens every year. Like these breakout things, it's when there's overlapping uncertainty. Tua was mm. the overlapping uncertainty. Overlapping with Mike McDaniel, who again, Bill always points out. Every announcer is talking about Mike McDaniel like he's an alien. It turns out that he's actually is the genius everyone said he was, at least in terms of designing this offense. And Tua yeah. was able to execute it. And it's just, yeah, I want to give Tua credit too. Like I, I like watching Tua. He just he snaps off throws so quickly. He's so fast. He's such a great processor. Yeah, he does. How much is there to process? Tyreek Hill's wide fucking open. Get him the ball. Okay, well, have do you think this would be the same offense if it was like Skylar Thompson or freaking Teddy Bridgewater out there? I don't know, so. but I I think that. I'm not trying to take anything away from Tua. You are. I you literally just are. 
Actually, yeah, I, yeah. I'm just saying. I, he's, I think he's Taylor. good. He's really good for this system. He underthrows literally every. There's like five touchdowns he left on the field because he underthrew Waddle and Hill. But it's to what you were just saying, like earlier, DK, about how we overrate quarterbacks' performance compared to what's around them. I kind of think 20 people could do this. Mm, I mean, maybe, 12. I, I just think that Tua has been really good at running this system. So whatever, we, we, yes. don't, have to do, we don't have to relitigate Tua right now. But uh, yeah, I think it's a lot of fun to watch. Like, I think Mac Jones could be doing what Tua is doing right now if he was in the Dolphins. <laughs> kind, I kind maybe. of, yeah, I kind of know what you mean. Okay. <laughs> uh, DK, who's the player you wish you drafted more of this season? Travis Etienne of the Jags. My God, this guy is absolutely going bananas. He's the RB2 over the last three weeks. Like he... Obviously, when you watch him play, it's very clear. This guy is extremely explosive. One of the most explosive running backs in the NFL. But they're also giving him an incredible amount of volume. He had 28 carries today. I just never really expected this in his career. I just think he's awesome. It's really fun to watch. Um, he is emerging as a superstar, like, as we speak. So, anyways, I just want to shout out Travis Etienne. He's looked awesome. Yeah, Etienne's absolutely incredible. I have an award here that I wanted to add a new one today. It's called the Establish the Run Award for the return of the running back. QBs <laughs> suck now, and running backs are really good. <laughs> Brady is second in the league in passing yards. I don't know what's going on. I wanted to read you guys. Uh, the, the, here are the top six quarterbacks right now in passing yards per game in the league. Number one is Josh Allen. Number two is, is Patrick Mahomes. Number three is Joe Flacco. Number four is Matt Ryan. Oh Number six God. is Jameis Winston. They've all been benched. And then Tom Brady. No, that actually that actually tracks. I think it's that way every it's because those it's those are the best quarterbacks and the quarterbacks on the teams that are losing by the most. Like all those Jameis Winston <laughs> numbers and the Matt Ryan numbers are when they're down three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Uh I hear what you're saying. However, I don't know if that's super normal that the top six passers, three of them are guys who played four games and then got benched. <laughs> that um, is unusual. I'll give you that. Uh, yeah, I actually, wait. I want to, because I want to go back. Like, let's look at last year. Last year, the leaders in passing yards per game, Brady, Herbert, Stafford, Mahomes, Derek Carr, Burrow, Dak, Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers. Like, this is weird. Like, who's who of the good quarterbacks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you guys, how many quarterbacks do you think threw for less than 200 yards today? So, not uh, this, this week, week nine. Um, uh, actually... Quite a bit because Mariota did, Fields did. I'm sure you don't Zach actually Wilson have to count did, through. Right? Just give me a guess and I'll tell you. <laughs> I bet it's like six because I just thought Ten. of three. Twelve quarterbacks. Jesus. <laughs> Less than 200 yards. Okay, you don't Wait, actually tell have me to how many of those won? How many of those won? <laughs> I don't know that. Do you know how many games were played today? <laughs> how There's 12 games. 12 games are played. And there was 12 so quarterbacks quarterback. who threw for less than 200 yards. 11 of the 12 games today featured a quarterback who threw for less than 200 yards. 11 of the 12 games. There was only one game today where both quarterbacks threw for more than 200. It was the Jags versus the Raiders. Derek Carr and Trevor Lawrence <laughs> both threw for more than 200 yards. I keep expecting Craig to say this man is ruining golf. <laughs> I think, no, but it is. This, it's the, it's, it, I think that the too high thing, we, we've probably done a bad job explaining it. The philosophical thing with the defenses was we need to stop allowing big plays. And it, it is like the baseball thing with the shift. I, I, I didn't like that analogy at first. I think I was too, probably too literal with it. But like, it really is like, it's like grounders are gone. And so these, it, it, I don't know. It's almost like if baseball teams would be more effective at stopping home runs. Like obviously baseball, now they're trying to hit runs. And it's like, 
now that they're taking the home runs away, it really is like you can just win without hitting the 200 yard mark way more. I'm also curious because a lot of these passing offenses are so anemic now. I wonder if there's way less parity in fantasy football. Like when I look at a lot of my leagues, there's like four really good teams and like five really bad teams. And the middle is completely gone. And I remember last year, it mm. felt like there was a million teams were all five and fours and fours and fives. But because there's like, you know, three or four really elite offenses, if you have a, if you have a dolphin, if you have a bill, if you have a chief, you're doing really well. But that man, sounds weird when you say it that way, though. If you have a dolphin. <laughs> if you have a dolphin. <laughs> you have what is dolphin? <laughs> draft the dolphins makes Where so much sense to me. Dolphin. Yeah. Draft a dolphin is... <laughs> Can I just... I just I just want to go through quickly, just, just hear how weird this sounds. These are from all of the games that were played today. Malik Willis, 80 yards. Matt Stafford, 165. Kyler Murray, 175. Taylor Heineke, 149. Zach Wilson, 154. Mac Jones, 147. Ellinger, 103. Jared Goff, 137 Ugh. yards. Baker Mayfield had 155. Uh, Justin Fields, 123. Marcus Mariota, 129. Davis Mills, 154. Like, what are we, what's going on? <laughs> Part of it is honestly that there's like kind of a lot of backups playing right now. Obviously, Heineke, Ellinger, Willis, Walker. Uh, Mayfield this year this year's been there's been a lot of injuries at the quarterback position so that's part of it but overall like your point stands for well, sure and to, to counterpoint that there's been a lot of really fun running backs this year obviously the, the, there's the elite guys your McCaffrey Saquon Camaras and stuff but I feel like there has been such an inordinate amount of running backs who have kind of broken into the scene this year Damian Pierce is like so yes. fun to have Travis Etienne Ramondre Miles Sanders has broken out uh, Josh Jacobs is a huge breakout before they got hurt Brees Hall and Javante Williams Kenneth Walker there's just such a massive crop of these of these late round fantasy running backs that have all kind of burst onto the scene. And they've honestly, every week now, the top 12 running backs and top 12 quarterbacks are almost equal in scoring, which is not how it used to be. But these are the same conversations, right? It's it's We're at this point where if offenses want to pass, they have to dink and dunk their way downfield. And defenses have basically, defenses are basically like, the offenses that are really good, like the Bills, and the Bengals, when they're at their highest level, are going to be able to get chunk plays. Because again, the part of this that doesn't get said enough, if you get a single play of 20 yards on a drive, your odds of scoring on that drive go up like five times. And so what the defenses are saying is that philosophically, we try to stop you from getting the 20-yard play. We bet that half of you in the league are fucking posers. Like you're, if you don't get that, you're not actually good enough to dink and duff and get seven first downs in a row and score three times. You just can't do it. And like a lot of these teams were posers. They were just trying to get the big deep shot and they kind of like, they can't do it. But then the flip side is, I don't know. A lot of these teams that are running it like are having more success. I don't think it's an accident that the way the league is now, I don't think it's weird that the Seahawks are not, not that it's, it is weird, but Kenneth, the emergence of all these running backs goes hand in hand to me with the quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at uh, Pro Football Reference right now, and I don't have a fact checker checking this, but I'm pretty sure in 2022 teams are averaging 120 yards per game, 120.6, and this is before this week. Well, 120 rushing, you mean? 120.6 rushing yards per game. Sorry, okay. and that is the most of any year in the 2000s. So anything this century, so far. 
They're averaging 4.5 yards per attempt, which is the most in NFL history, or it would carry, if it would carry on, this would be the most in NFL history. So I think there is a little bit of a resurgence. Obviously, I don't think you're going to ever hit the volume of like the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, but. But you also have to factor in the fact that there's so many more Russian quarterbacks now, right? Yes, 100%. Yeah, that's a big part of it. I'm going to just tell you, this is, a, I'm doing this on the, off the cuff, but there's an average of four plays this season of 20 plus yards, 4.7. And I'm just going to pick a random year, but in 2017, yeah, there was 6.1. It's mm. a pretty big drop. It's almost 50%. Yeah. Well, I can't do math on the fly. I'm bad with percentage. So 33%. Yeah. But when you factor in that every one of those plays increases the odds of scoring a touchdown on the drive by like five times, it's actually a pretty big drop. Definitely. Okay. All right. We got really serious there at the end. Uh, I was, I, I, I just wanted to talk about how Dax Milne scored a touchdown for Washington. And that's the guy who was Zach Wilson's <laughs> college roommate. And then Zach Wilson's girlfriend broke up with Zach Wilson. And because allegedly she said that Zach Wilson was having sex with his mom's best friend. And then she dumped Zach Wilson. And then she started dating Zach Wilson's roommate in college who scored for Washington today. That was kind of why I thought we would kind of go through the end. That was like the vibe I was going for. Also, somebody wrote in the doc that Raheem Black Smear outscored Deontay Foreman. It's not Black Smear, but that's really fun. Black Smear. Uh, it's Raheem. Yeah, it's no, like a bagel. What is his name? Like, you didn't know his name. Raheem Black No, I've like lost. What is it? Black Shear? Black Shear. Black Schmear. Yeah, it's not like a bagel. Okay. Anyway, he outscored Deontay Foreman today. So no, it's something. it's not Schmear. It's smear. it's Black Shear. I yeah yeah you wrote no, I know. Smear. <laughs> oh Smear, I see. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, that guy outscored Deontay Foreman today. So that's <laughs> that <fun>. guy. <laughs> anyway, that guy. All right. Oh boy. Uh, we got to do the burn book for someone. Uh, anybody come to mind? We burned A.G. Dillon a couple weeks ago. I, I, I feel like we should just burn the Packers, period. No, we can't just start burning teams. I feel like we run out of players <laughs> quick. <laughs> we burn the Steelers. Uh, we can't do wholesale burns. All right, fine. You want I, We burn Justin Herbert. God, this guy isn't helping. He got outscored by Taylor Heineke today. I mean, okay. Are you going to – you'd rather burn Herbert than someone, say, like Matt Stafford? Oof. But like, yeah, because Matt Stafford, the whole point of taking Matt Stafford was you probably didn't take you, that's true. You take him like yeah, 10 yeah, to yeah, 12. Yeah, yeah. If you took Herbert, it was to be as good as Lamar Jackson or as somebody, good as Mahomes. Yeah, somebody I actually was listening to a fantasy pod and I apologize. I can't remember which one it was. They were like, Herbert was maybe the worst pick. Yeah. In in fantasy drafts. I think that you could argue like Kyle Pitts probably up there. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, maybe. I think Jonathan Taylor. I honestly, we could burn Jonathan. I mean, he's he's always not practicing, but we're not going to burn Taylor. He's not, hurt. I'm just saying, even when Jonathan Taylor was playing, though. <laughs> Remember when we burned Raheem Mostert and like tore his knee in half in week one? We're like, fuck you, Mostert. That was like our not our best moment <laughs> last there. year. Yeah. Uh, I, I. But if you guys want to burn Herbert, I get that. Kinda. We could burn her. Who are you suggesting instead? I don't have one. All right, let's do Herbert. It's been exhausting watching him every week. I know it's not his fault. I think I think Staley sucks and he has no receivers, but still. Oh, but we can but we can't say that about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Whose receivers are Justin Herbert's five and three. What Aaron Rodgers just lost to the Lions. 
what's what's the excuse? Herbert's at least uh, pulling out the, wins. Yeah, I forgot the Chargers won today. Yeah, I, Vern, I, you know what? Vern Rogers. That, I know. I know we have the the Bill Barnwell is great at this, and uh, this is a very popular thing. But we have like the one, record in one score games. We need to go a little more granular than that. I kind of want to completely take out from your record teams that win on field goals that are like longer than forty yards. Like when you really don't know if the kicker's going to make it. I hate how the narrative on a winner, like the Vikings today, the did you see Kirk Cousins, no shirt, wearing those chains on the plane like an <laughs> asshole? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, mother, and he's like, in the locker room, he's like, you like that? And everyone, I'm like, dude, you can't, yeah. you needed, you were down so much to Washington. They won on the field goal on the last second to Washington. I'm like, you should be a Super Bowl contender. And they needed to make like a 43 yard field goal to beat them when its time expired. How are they celebrating like that? They're seven and one. Was, what are you talking about? I know they're seven and one, but my point is, if he misses the field goal, all we're talking about is how embarrassing it is. That the like the whole narrative yeah. is completely different. You could do that a million. You could do that a million times with every football game. Though, That's like. my point. We should take these games where it no comes one's to, good, it, as it turns out. Any field goal <laughs> no beyond forty-five yards. Think about the Bucks Patriots game where Brady beat Belichick. The Patriots had like a fifty-five yarder to, to win it. And they just like like the outcome at that point, it should just be a, like a spiritually it's a tie. It's ridiculous that whether the kicker makes it or not completely changes the outcome on every. No, I don't like this. It's hard to win a football game. Like you, if, if you expect the Vikings to just win every game that they're favored in all season, like that's very hard to do. Like they. No, yeah, I know. I know. What I'm saying is everyone that we care about had nothing to do with the the decisive play. But we judge. Yeah, but there's a million plays throughout the game that matter. I know, but what I'm saying is if the kicker, they're basically outsourcing the result and we're outsourcing like how we judge all these people based on this kick. But I, I understand. I mean, look, you could, do you want to just like look at your DVOA or whatever and like go by that? Like, no, I want to just say if you, if all these players that we care about, if you, if you couldn't handle it by the final play, I'm just saying the extremes of either like the extreme sadness or like Kirk Cousins wearing the chain on the plane. I just think that's all. So, the am team's I, rallying, I this the was team's like rallying around take. him. I thought this was benign. I'm surprised. This I'm just is even... too tired to process this take. I don't, I'm still not even sure what your take is. I don't love it either. I mean, okay. Yeah. If they miss the field goal, <laughs> then they go to overtime and they could lose. Okay. I guess that one's a bad example because they were tied, but. I don't know. Uh, Hawkinson looked good. <laughs> Is that what we're talking about? I'm just mad at Kirk Cousins. Don't I mean, besmirch Kirk. Fair. Kirk's seven and one. <laughs> After all that, Craig says, Kirk is seven and one, not the team. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Anyway. All right. Let's get the hell out of here. Okay. All right. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, Sam Smith. Oh. This unholy song. It's everywhere, you guys. Yeah. It's very catchy. Sam Smith really cranks out catchy ballads. Yeah. You know who else does that? You know who else has a huge song? DK, I wonder if you, you even know who this person is. Do you know who Megan Trainer is, DK? Yeah. I mean, I, I know of them. I don't know if I listen. I don't celebrate their entire catalog. There has never been an artist to come out with more hits that sound exactly the same than Megan Trainer. They're all good <laughs> and they're all catchy. Is she like Cordero Patterson? Where every time she's on the field, she's just scoring a touchdown. 
she just comes every year. There's just one song that no, no one on the planet goes, you know, who's my favorite artist, Megan Trainer. but she always has a song in like the top 10 once a year. And it's always catchy and it comes on and on the radio and you're like, this song's not bad. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I don't think I could pick it. I don't know any of her songs off the top of my head. I'm sure I've heard them. They all sound the same. You could actually just sing the, the lyrics of every song to any beat from any one of her songs, and it works. You could just <laughs> slot in the lyrics, and it works. It's also, it's like, uh, it's how the ABCs is the same tune as Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Yes. That'll blow your fucking mind. That's what she's doing, essentially. And th listen, nothing against it. I actually, <laughs> like, her songs are catchy. Good for her. She's making it work. But man, yeah, she's got a formula over there. A trainer ink. <laughs> You guys ever see that there's this this video of the country music and they just take the number one country song from like 2012, 13, 14, 15 and put them in the garage band and they cut them all up to make them one song and they all sound identical. <laughs> Indistinguishable. Yeah. Oh man, he's coming after country music right now. I love country. I love pop country. I love bad pop country that like real country fans hate and then people who don't like country hate. It's like this hated pop country. That's the country I like. But it's all the same. I get it. <laughs> one of my takes is that uh, top 40 music is great. Yeah, it's great. It's like all people hate it because yeah. it's popular, but like it's popular because it's good. You know, I'm going to be totally honest with you, Craig, right now. I've been trolling the trolling, troll, trolling the top 40 list trolling. lately because trolling, no, trolling, trolling, the trolling. trolling like you're oh, a fisherman. Oh, oh. Whatever. I've been looking at them a lot. I don't know what the word is. Um, I've been listening yeah. to a lot of these <laughs> songs because I feel like I'm so out of touch. <laughs> like I need to catch up with what are the American kids listening to? Song. You just Google <laughs> come full circle, dude. Literally, I'm doing that. I'm like, what's Billboard Top right 100? <laughs> this entire too long conversation we have at the end started because DK would just name like way too popular people, like Thank You Jay Z and Taylor Swift, and then like slowly just started naming people he listens to, and now we've come all the way back. Yeah, I mean, I found some great songs too. People are missing out. Like all the people who are like, just like hate Katy Perry. I'm like, you know what you're missing out on last Friday night. It's a fun song. Just like enjoy yeah. your day. Listen to a fun Katy Perry song. Why do you have to, <laughs> why do you have to hate that? You can like Krungbin, but you don't have to also hate Katy Perry. I agree. Although I am kind of a, I'm kind of a curmudgeon sometimes, but I'm trying to, be, I'm trying to expand my mind. So there you go. Now also the kids aren't listening to Katy Perry. So <laughs> yeah, that's definitely like a while ago. All right. Thank you, everyone, again. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>